You're listening to The Collected Podcast, bringing you inspiration and resources to help you discover and live from your truest self. The Collected Podcast is a production of Collected Ministries, a nonprofit organization dedicated to helping disciples of Jesus discover and live from their true identity in Christ, recognize and walk in their divine purpose within the kingdom of God, and experience growth in their capacity for mature, healthy relationships. Follow Collected on social media at Collected Ministries, and be sure to visit thecollectedpodcast.com for show notes and additional content related to today's episode. Welcome to Season 3, Episode 12 of The Collected Podcast. I'm your host, Jess Biondo, and today I am so excited to welcome Michael Arterberry to the show. He founded Youth Voices Center Incorporated, which is a nonprofit with the mission of helping young people to become active, productive members of society by overcoming their obstacles, their history, stereotypes, and even their own self-image and limiting beliefs. And when I read that mission statement, I saw how closely our mission and vision aligned of helping people connect to who they were created to be in the Lord and walk in that with confidence and see what God will do with that. Um, So Michael, welcome to the show. Yes, yes, I'm excited to be here and um, you know, really hopefully being able to inspire and motivate your audience. Yes, I'm sure you will. And as we get into that, I would love if you could start with just giving us a little bit about your background, who you are, and how you ended up doing your purpose that you have in your life now. Okay, so um, I want to tell you guys a story, and it'll set the the table for our discussion. Mm. Um, And it's about a, a farmer and a donkey. And this donkey is one of his favorite farm animals because once he finishes working on the farm with the donkey, he brings the donkey back home and he allows the donkey to play with his kids. So imagine the farmers coming down the driveway and the kids come running out the house. They come over to the donkey, they wash them, they ride them. And so the, the donkey is more like a farm animal and a pet. Mm-hmm. And this is a normal ritual that they do on a regular basis. One night, the farmer brings the donkey home. They do their thing. He releases him back out to the farm. But the next morning when he came out, when he whistled for the donkey, the donkey didn't show up. So when the donkey didn't show up, he was, of course, alarmed. So he starts walking around the farm, whistling and calling his name. And he finally heard the donkey making noise at the bottom of an empty water well. Mm. And so he goes over to the well and he's like, wow, man, I want to get him out. So he goes and gets six of his friends, brings them over to the well. And he's like, how are we going to get him out? So one of his friends suggested that they pull him out with some rope. So all six of them got some rope and they start to lasso the donkey. They throw the rope, they miss. They throw the rope, they miss. They finally throw it by his hind legs. He steps into the rope. They shimmy it up his body and they start to pull they pull the donkey moves. They pull the donkey moves. Then halfway up the well, they realize that the donkey's too heavy. So when they realize that the donkey's too heavy, they lower him back to the bottom of the well. And now this farmer has to make a grim decision. Mm. Now, see, he can't feed him food at the bottom of the well because that wouldn't make any sense. He can't starve him because he's more like a pet. So he's he really can't figure out what he wants to do. One of his hot-headed friends was like, hey, just shoot him. He's like, no, I can't shoot him. So one of his more reasonable friends whispered in his ear and said, listen, you don't want the kids to fall into the well. So you're going to have to sacrifice your donkey, but your kids will be safe. 
the farmer thought about it for a moment and they, he decided that he could live with that. So they all got shovels and they started shoveling dirt into the well. And every time that dirt would hit the donkey, the donkey would scream. And every time the donkey would scream, it would cause the farmer some distress. So you got dirt, scream, dirt, scream, dirt, scream. Then all of a sudden, just the scream stopped. Once the scream stopped, they gave the donkey a moment of silence, but they kept going back to work. More dirt, more dirt, more dirt. But then the next thing you know, you see the donkey's right here. So they start shoveling faster. The next thing you know, you see half his body. They start shoveling faster. The next thing you know, that donkey walks right out of the well that he fell into. Mm. Now check this out. Every time that dirt came across the wall, it would fall on his back. He would shake it off and he would step on it. Mm. And he took every scoop of dirt that was meant to kill him to save his life. Now I tell you that story because I am the donkey. Mm. And my dirt is the fact that I grew up in a home with a raging alcoholic father. Mm. And he raged from the time I was born until the time he died when I was 16. Now, what does that mean in a, in, a, in a young boy's life? It's the fact that every day, even if I got caught up in fun, there was always this reminder that you had to go home to that chaos. You know, on top of growing up in a raging alcoholic home, I grew up in poverty. Both my parents worked full time. Both of them worked full time. My dad was a bus driver. My mom cleaned homes for a living. But my dad's money went to drinking, you know, and my mother raised us as a housekeeper, four kids with a housekeeping salary. Mm. Last but not least, just um, I grew up in dysfunction. I mean, you just listened to my story. But to give you an example of the dysfunction is my parents would have these blowout, blowout arguments. And I remember being like 10 years old and after they would have these blowout arguments, my mother would dress me and put me on the bus to school. We never debriefed it. We didn't talk about it. Mm. And so what I've been able to do, and it's funny when I think about my purpose, it's not like I woke up one day and I said, this is my purpose. My life in general created a space for my purpose because mm -hmm. I use all those things that I was able to overcome as a catalyst to want to help others. Wow. So when did you start the Youth Voices Center? And if you could fill in a little more about um, what you do with that. Well, you know, um, I ended up taking my life story, going off to college, and, and I went to school for social work. And what happened was, is I ended up working with youth in different youth programs. And as an employee, my, my boss would go and find these curriculums, you know, um, and then bring them to me. And then when the curriculums would fail, I would get slapped on the wrist because, you know, I, I didn't do them right. So I got, you know, I got angry and I finally said, you know what, I'm going to create my own. So what I did is I, I took um, what I knew, my social work, my background, and I created my own curriculum. And once I created it, what I did is I went to the agency that I was working for and I said, listen, I have this curriculum 
if you allow me to do it, you can just pay me and then I'll do the program for you. And so I started to do the program for them, Jess, and it started to gain momentum Mm -hmm. and it started to bring a lot of money into the agency. And then my boss, I don't know what she was thinking, one day showed me how much money was coming in for the program. And then I was thinking about my salary. I'm like, wait a second, you pay me this, but this is the money coming into the agency. And so they invited me to go to a lunch. This is a great story for your your listeners. They invited me to go to lunch to schmooze a philanthropist for more money. So imagine I'm at the lunch and I'm there to, to get more money. Everyone, so at the table, just so I can set it up, it's um, the executive of my agency, the guy that writes for grants to get money. Um, then it's the philanthropist and her lawyer. So we're sitting at a table um, at, at lunch and then everyone goes around the table and then they get to me and it's my turn to talk about the accolades of the program. So just underneath the table, I have cheat notes. <laughs> So I have notes that I'm going to talk about the success. I crumble them up. The Holy Spirit moves me. And I say at a lunch, business lunch dinner to this woman, your money is safe with me because the person that I'm accountable is God. Mm. Total silence at the table. I look at my boss, her face turns red. The grant writer's face turns red. The philanthropist lawyer, he's cracking up. He's laughing and I'm sitting there like I'm going to get fired. I'm thinking about my conversation with my wife. And once everything settled down, the woman was a devoted Christian. Wow. I stepped out on faith and the woman was a devoted Christian. Now, listen, it gets better than that. So now she agrees to give money to my agency, but to me. So she thinks I do a program well. She has no idea at this point. That is my program. So after the lunch, she gives the money to the agency, but she says, I want to fellowship with you once a month. I want to meet for breakfast, not business-like. Mm. I just want to meet and, and and fellowship. So I started to meet her for these, these breakfasts. And um, each time I would come, she, she, I mean, she's loaded. So she would bring like famous Christian producers and I would be like, it would blow my mind. So finally, I'm like, I'm going to ask her to give me the money. So I yeah. call her up before one of the breakfasts and I call her up and I'm like, her name's Pat. I'm like, Pat, would you give me the money if I ask? So at this point, she still thinks I do a program well for the agency. So what she says is, I'll give you half. She doesn't want to piss off the agency. So she's like, I'll give you half. You go do your thing. I'll let them keep half. So everyone's happy. And when I heard that, I didn't feel comfortable with it. So I said, listen, Pat, I don't I don't want to do that. Pro- promise me you won't tell the people that I work for. She's like, nah, no problem. Just before I got to the next breakfast, she did her own research. Before I can sit in the chair, she says, I will give you all the money. Wow. And so the money that she was given to the agency, she said she would give it to me. And when I left there, I knew nothing of nonprofits. I didn't know how to start one. But what she said to me was, she said, any money you put out, don't worry about it. I'll give it back to you. And I called my wife on the way home. We we hired a a lawyer to 
move it quickly because before she could give me the money, we had to get our, our certifications in mm -hmm. place. And yeah. once we got our certifications in place, she wired me the cash and Youth Voices Center was there. Wow, that is incredible. And a story of you faithfully giving God your yes and obeying the prompting of the Holy Spirit at that first luncheon to say something that seemed so ridiculous, but it was exactly what she needed to hear. And that's just incredible. So my next question then is, you know, from that story, we can tell you're a strong believer and you have the Holy Spirit. When did that start? How did you come to know the Lord? You know, what happened was, is um, I was raised Seventh-day Adventist, right? My mom was Seventh-day Adventist. I wasn't crazy about the faith because, you know, you're young, you worship. If you know anything about it, it's like Judaism. So, like, mm -hmm. we would worship the Sabbath. So, as a little boy, I couldn't watch TV on Friday nights until sundown on Saturday. So, that really didn't sit well with me. And then, so, my mom kind of forced me. The alcoholic dad came home one day was like, listen, don't take him to that church anymore. So my mom stopped taking me to church, but she was such a woman of faith mm -hmm. that it, it bled to me. So I always had God in my life, but I wasn't attending the church. I remember even partying in college and I would come in intoxicated. But before I went to bed, I would pray. So, you know, I kind of I was on that fence. Yeah. But then I went to. One of my friends, he and his wife wanted to get baptized before they got married because they wanted to come into their union pure. Mm. And when they dipped him into the water, Jess, it was like they dipped me into the water. When he came up from the water, I, I mean, I, I used to wear jewelry. I mean, I was a bouncer at a club. So imagine when he came up from the water, I left the church and I scared my wife. I took my jewelry off. I started binging on Charles Stanley tapes, Joyce Meyer tapes, yeah. Chuck Swindle tapes. And I just started eating it. And then I became annoying because everybody I saw, I wanted to give a testimony to. But I, you know, eventually I found balance. So I found the Lord. I, I like to say I gave my life to Christ in that moment. Mm. And, and, and I mean, that was... Wow, I can't even tell you how many years ago. I mean, it was a long time ago. Um, but I just built off of that that day that I he, they dipped him into the water. Wow, that's amazing. And yeah. I mean, God had his hand on you the whole time. Yeah. So that's so cool. Um, the next question I have, I was wondering if you could kind of talk more about the role of mentorship in your life. Because now you're mentoring a lot of young people. Um, but did you have any specific mentors that played a big role in your life? Well, you know, what, what, what happened was is, and, 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 and I love the fact that your show is, is based on faith because I have to always structure this part differently if I'm on a different podcast, but you know, God was, was, let me, let me rewind and then I'll tell you. Yeah, yeah. I feel when you look at my story, I feel as if the enemy came to get me at a young age because he saw my influence mm. in the future. You know, you hear many gospel songs that talk about he peeked into my future, saw what I was going to do. So he came to challenge me, you know, almost like in, 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 in the wilderness. Mm, yeah. but, I, but, I, but I say what God did to protect me 
is he blessed me with athletic ability. Mm -hmm. So because I was a elite athlete, my coaches became my father-like figures. Mm -hmm. My teammates became what a traditional brother-sister relationship would be, you know, and the accolades that I got from um, being so good in the sport made me feel whole. So my mentorship is based on the fact that I want to present to young people in the world um, sort of a, a, a vision of, of those people compiled in one. So it's not one, it's not one person, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's a lot. And, and, and if you allow me to say, you know, and it's one of my favorite gospel songs that says some people, if, if, if you never met him, I hope you see him in me. So really my biggest mentor is God. So when I meet people for a person that may never go to a church, may never open a Bible, I want them to feel after our interaction is that they've been touched by God. So that's really mm. my, my, my biggest mentor. That is, yeah, that is powerful. So I guess if for our listeners, what would you say to someone out there who is struggling right now to really feeling like they don't know what their purpose is? It's been such a weird year. Nothing's the same. Just maybe feeling a little down in the dumps, a little stuck right now. Yeah. What what word might you have for them? Well, listen, I, I just posted something on Facebook and um I wrote a book, it's called Be Encouraged. Okay. And, and, and one of and, and one of uh, my entries, it's devotional style. I talk about planted and buried. Mm. Okay, so let's think about this. Planted, of course, when you plant a seed. You plant and, and and when you plant a seed, it's destiny concealed. Mm. All right. Mm -hmm. Then you water it. And as you water it, you get to your destiny, which is destiny revealed. That's the end product. But then buried is when you bury something that's like a, a person who's died and it's it's put to the side. What I want people to understand, especially now during COVID and when they're trying to find themselves, a seed when it's buried is in the dark. Mm. So your life has to get to a place where you're in the dark for some time, because when we're in the dark and we don't know where we want to be or go, that's when we grow. Mm. You see yeah. what I'm saying? And yeah. so what you do is rather than looking at being stuck as, as, as a penalty, you take being stuck as a time to grow, mm. water yourself in the proper places so that when you blossom and come out, you can go to something that really is something that you want. I feel like mm. COVID for some people, some people lost their jobs. Like I read a book by Bruce Wilkinson who said that God, when we were born, he planted something in us to be something. Mm. And a lot of people abort it because they get bullied. And so what I say is during COVID, a lot of people lost their jobs, but people were going to jobs just to live. Now, COVID has now taught us to appreciate life. Yeah. So why not go back to a job that you love to do rather than going to a job just to pay bills? Mm. Yeah, that's true. I mean, so for the person who's listening, that's like, yes, I want to do that. Where do they start? If, if they're not sure on, you know, they know they weren't doing what they were passionate about. 
but they don't exactly know what it is. They're, you know, they can't see what's next necessarily. You know, they are in the dark. Is there an encouragement or kind of a, a next step that you could give to those people? Yeah, what they, I, I firmly believe that finding your purpose is not out outside. Mm. Our purpose is, is is within ourselves. Mm-hmm. So what what we what we can do is 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 self reflection. You see what I'm saying? So that yeah. means to take the time. You know, sometimes when you're moving too quickly, God will stop you to make you self reflect. Mm, yeah. But if you're at a point where you're at a standstill, stop and start to self reflect. Think about that thing that burns. What makes you answer the extra question? What keeps you up at, uh, late at night and start to make the connections? Because what you'll find is so many people start to read books to find their purpose, but the purpose is, is, is within yourself. And what I want people to understand is this, is don't allow fear to prevent you from moving forward because... Mm. And I always use the analogy, imagine getting out of bed and you're about to put on your shoes and you decide as you're putting on your shoes, you're not going to go after your purpose. There's people in the line of your purpose that don't get the blessing because you don't decide to move forward. Mm, yeah. So you don't only lose out, you lose out for expanding and, 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 and attacking something in your life. But think about the people that would be able to benefit from you stepping out on your faith. So, you know, no, it's not only just about you. It could be about others that are waiting for you to achieve. Yeah. And I think another component to it as well that I want to encourage people in is, you know, st- taking the focus off ourselves as well and reminding ourselves of who God is. Right. Because when we're focused on His true character, I think it's easy for us to identify who He really created us to be when we're not succumbing to the pressures of the world or like, well, I feel like I have to be doing this or I need to do this or, you know, pulled in so many directions, but just focusing back on the love of the Father and who God says I am and then what is life-giving within that as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm, That's good. Good stuff. Um, Let's see. I kind of want to go maybe a slightly different direction, just talking about who God is and things like that. Um, Throughout your journey with the Lord, is there anything that you've struggled to believe about God and you've seen Him show up in that? Well, you know, during COVID, um, I always, I, I, I heavily, heavily, I spend time, um, and I spend time daily. Um, I'm, I'm a gym rat. I do a lot of cardio, so I have a lot of time to use different resources to press into God. Now mm. I say that to you because I think before COVID, we always had a good relationship. But after COVID, like I found myself when I spoke to him, rather than speaking to him as being my friend and companion, I spoke to him as being this higher, higher power, but in the sense of him not not being human, Mm. like coming down on the earth and, and feeling what we feel. Now, I say that to you because I started looking at 
these YouTubes of, of the different parables of the Bible. And what made me realize his human side was how when he was on earth and he was with his disciples, he was he, he was mad. Like he would sit in a circle, he would eat with them, they would laugh, they would walk. And so what it did in our relationship to change it is I found like when 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 I would have my time, my quiet time with him, I spoke to him like I would speak to you or my buddies. And it yeah. it made the it made the relationship easier because he no longer was this mystical figure. Mm. He became someone that that you know, uh, a, a companion, you know? Yeah. And you can reach a deeper level of intimacy that way. Yeah. And it, it feels like you feel his presence more and it's like, ooh, it's ooh. not out there. He's, right. he's here. And then, yeah. yeah, when you start inviting in the power of the Holy spirit, things can really start rocking. <laughs> yeah. Well, well they do. And what happened is, is as my, my as my time became richer with him, um, it, it starts to come out of us. So, like when I do podcasts, um, like since COVID, I went to a branding conference before COVID, and they said if you wanted to be globally known, you have to yeah you have to get your name out there. So that's how I found your podcast. I've been on over a hundred podcasts since COVID started. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. And so what would be wonderful is to be on a podcast and be speaking to someone interviewing me and feel the Holy Spirit touch them. Mm. And then once it touches them, I know what's going on. They'll 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 name it by chills. Uh, I can't believe you just said that or they'll cry. And so as I see the Holy Spirit touch them, I accounted or, or related to my quiet time with him because like you said, when you press in and you get that closeness, he lives and comes through us. And mm -hmm. so, yes, yes, the Holy Spirit definitely starts to move. Mm -hmm. And when I work with the young people, what I do before I go into those rooms is I quiet my spirit and I allow the Holy Spirit to speak and pick up the vibes of the room. Mm -hmm. And that's why my groups are very intense as well. Yeah, that's powerful. That's incredible. What are some things you do to remain rooted in your true identity? Well, you know, like I said, I, I, I do. I had I had a, a a back injury which which took some nerves from my legs. So it was a good thing and a bad thing. The, the blessing is um, I could do cardio for like endless hours and not build lactic acid. So that means I and, and I take advantage of it. So just I do five hours of cardio a day. Wow. So imagine. Yeah. Five hours. So if I'm doing five hours of cardio a day a day, I, I what I do is when I start my ride, I do a warm up ride for an hour. And that's my time where I do my devotional. Mm. Um, after my devotional, I pick a, um, a YouTube. Uh, I like T.D. Jakes. You know what I'm saying? As a pastor. So I'll grab one of his YouTube videos for a message. Um, and then after the message, like I said, um, I'll go grab something off, off of YouTube. Um, and then I'll play my worship music. And so it, it becomes like an hour and a half where I press in every morning mm. just to get myself balanced. 
You know what I'm saying? Um, and then I'll work out and do what I have to do. But there's different parts of my day where my worship music is played mm-hmm. um, on purpose and not out of obligation because I want to. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I, I have my quiet time with him in the morning. But as you start to build your relationship with God, I realize, you know, like like praying, growing up, you, you close your eyes to pray. And, you know, I've I read something, you know, where I learned that I didn't have to close my eyes to pray, that I could be in his presence yeah. with my eyes open. So anytime I find that I'm busy and the Holy Spirit prompts me to stop and speak or he's speaking to me. So, I, you know, I have time set aside with him every morning, but I am conscious enough to realize if the Holy Spirit comes to me during the day that I'll stop. Mm. and give give him give him um the floor. Yeah, I love that you've just woven it into every little aspect of your day. Like yeah. you said our time with the Lord doesn't have to be like our 20 minutes in the dark quiet time or you know, it can be doing things you love, working out, being in nature, <laughs> doing a mall walk. Like anywhere you are, you can be communing with God and I think that's yeah. That's such a great thing about God that he lets us do that. <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely. It's so good. Yeah. Um, well, we're kind of reaching the end of our time. And so I just want to give you open space for anything I didn't ask, anything that's on your heart, anything that the Holy Spirit is transforming in you right now, That you, like anything that I missed. What did I miss? Well, well, you know, this is something that I, I always like to share. Um, mm-hmm. In my book, I wrote um, short-term thinkers plant gardens, long-term thinkers plant trees, mm-hmm. eternity-minded thinkers plant themselves in the souls of others. Oh, wow. And I, yeah, and I think as believers, what we need to do is is we don't want to become Bible beaters. We don't want to beat people over the head with the Mm -hmm. word, but I think that we need to become instruments that, you know, what, what happens in my world is, and I love when it happens is if you carry yourself in a way, I don't have to tell people that I'm, I'm I'm a Christian. Mm -hmm. You know, I had a principal who I, I went into his school for four years, just never said anything about God. We never had a discussion. And I get a call from a Christian organization. And I'm like, who, re-? you know, they're, they, they're talking to me. And I'm like, who referred you, referred you to me? And it was the principal. Mm-hmm. This principal, who we've never had a conversation about, it, picked up on my faith just by my walk. So what I'm saying by eternity-minded thinkers is let's be deliberate in our conversation with other people so that once we leave them, they feel like they've been touched mm. by something that's outside of outside of ourselves. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, you know, and I and I call it conscious living. Mm. You know, you just can't you just can't walk and breathe. You need to live a conscious life. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean even the little smile we give or something, you never know how God can use every little thing for his good and for his purpose and to shape yes. us and to encourage other people. And 
I don't know, it'll be cool to get to heaven one day and see all the ways we were used that we didn't realize we were being used. God's saying like, hey, you know, you were obedient in this and you didn't realize that now, you know, these 10 people were encouraged or so. I don't know. I feel like in heaven, we'll get to see those things, right? Yeah, yeah. Who knows? Who knows? We'll find out one day. Uh, Well, Michael, thank you so much for coming on the show. It was such a delight to talk to you. Where can people find you and your book and all the things? Yeah, yeah. They can go to youthvoicescenter.org. And that is the the website for my nonprofit. Mm. If they want to see what I do with my my public speaking, they can go to michaelarterberry.com. That's for my public speaking. Um, if they would like a free copy of my book, Ooh. we can put it in the show notes. They can go to shakethedirtexperience.com. And if they go there, they can get a free copy of my book. Um, I'm on my social media pages, uh, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram. We'll put that in the show notes. And, yes. you know, I, I like to interact with my followers. So anything I put out, if there's comments, messages, You know, I I make it a part of my day to make sure that I respond. I love it. Yes, we'll link to all of that in the show notes and on our blog. And um, thanks for chatting with us, Michael. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Hey, everybody. Just here again. Um, what a great conversation with Michael. And this time at the end is going to look just a little bit different. Um, since Tia's not with me, usually we'd go back and forth and kind of discuss things from the interview. But instead, I want to take the opportunity for just a couple minutes at the end of the episode um, to kind of share whatever I've been learning and um, as kind of a way to hold myself accountable to keeping sure that I'm doing all the things I'm encouraging you to do and that I'm staying in the word and um, continuing to seek God for new things and not, you know, feeling stuck myself because um, I sometimes do, (laughs) I quite a bit do, or, you know, you just get busy. And so um, I just wanted to share something that um, has been on my mind a lot lately. My grandma passed a few weeks ago and, um, you know, there's a lot of grief that that we've been walking through as a family. And she lived such a beautiful life of selflessness to the Lord. She had this joy about her and just a faithfulness in everything she did. And she loved people well, and she lived such a beautiful life. Um, and I just know that when she got to heaven, Jesus said, well done, my good and faithful servant. Um I, she, I just admire her deeply. And, you know, since she's been gone, it, it's hard to lose somebody you love who's been there your whole life. Um, so one scripture has really been giving me a lot of comfort, um, and it's Isaiah 41.10, which is a pretty popular one. Um, it says, Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Now, we know from our episode with Dan Kimball that when we read the Bible, we can't just assume that it's for us and twist it to fit our specific circumstance. Um, so I dug into it a little more And I learned that this specific verse was written for the Israelites when they were um, facing being conquered by Cyrus the Great. So they were facing complete upheaval in their lives. 
um, literal physical attacks, um, having their land taken. So very terrifying things. And yet God said, do not fear, do not be dismayed, I will uphold you. So those promises are specific to Israel, but I think they also show us the character of God that still applies to us today, that He will still uphold us, that He is still with us. And even in a a different sense, because since this was written, we have received the Holy Spirit as the New Testament church because we are living after the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so, literally, the Holy Spirit is with us. So, we have access to that, to that power, to that comfort in a way that even the Israelites didn't necessarily have. I'm not completely sure how it all worked in the Old Testament, Um, but I've just found a lot of comfort in that. The fact that for I am with you is a very real statement that holds power for us today. We don't need to fear for the strength of the Lord is at our disposal. The presence of God, the one thing that matters most is the only thing that the world cannot take away, period. No matter what else comes against us, the world cannot take away the presence of God from our lives. They cannot take away the promise of eternity with our Father, no matter what the world does to us. And there's a lot of scary things, a lot of uncertainty out there right now, but I just hope that gives you a little bit of comfort today and a little bit of peace to not fear, and He will uphold us as we pass through heartbreak, anxiety, or distress. So um, I love you all. T and I pray for you, pray for our listeners, and um, feel free to email us anytime. I hope you have a great week, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to The Collected Podcast. Please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. And if you like what you've heard, we'd love it if you'd help spread the word. Check back here for new episodes dropping every other Thursday. You can follow along on social media at Collected Ministries. If you would like to support Collected by making a tax-deductible contribution, please visit collectedministries.org slash donate. The Collected Podcast is also on Patreon at patreon.com slash thecollectedpodcast. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Become a patron for as little as a dollar a month to gain access to bonus content, early bird ticket sales, giveaways, and more. You can also find Tia at Tia McNelly Notes and Jess at Spreza Foundry. Collected proudly supports and partners with Flourish Kenya, a nonprofit working to support and prevent unplanned adolescent pregnancy in rural Kenya. Learn more at flourishkenya.org. The Collected Podcast is produced by Jess Biondo and edited by Jacob Early. Music is by Asaf Elan.